0: On today's Money with Friends, GM strike costing up to $100 million a day. Good news is that's not worrying investors, but should it worry investors? And what about the people who are picketing? We'll talk about all of that and more on today's Money with Friends. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Money with Friends podcast from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihi,
1: And coming from my bedroom closet in Mountain View, <laughs> California, and host of the Paychecks and Balances podcast, I am Rich Jones. The award-winning Paychecks and Balances
0: podcast. Uh, This is the podcast where we cover recent headlines with a thought leader. In this case, Mr. Jones. Uh, We take that from the financial press. We not only read it, but we comment on it as well so that you know what this headline means for your wallet. We do that all in about 15 minutes. Today's show is brought to you by M1 Finance, the number one finance account that does it all. Invest, borrow, spend. I like the invest part I like, spending part, the borrow part not so sure about, but for more on them, it's com forward slash M the number one finance, that's com forward slash M1 finance Rich, you're back for a final appearance well actually we've got tomorrow too, don't we? We, we? we got you two more times
1: Yeah, super excited to be back in the mix yet again and I am also sad that This round, this time, this season is coming to an end. But we're going to have a lot of fun with the conversation today and also the conversation that we're going to have tomorrow. So really looking forward to it, man.
0: We are. It's a tough conversation, so I'm glad we'll hopefully be able to help some people out here. Uh, So let's get into this. Who's going to kick off today's show for us? This is Tim from the Faith and Finances podcast. Headlines ripped from the financial press only at Money with Friends. And... Today's piece uh, comes to us from CNBC it's written by Michael Wayland who covers the auto industry for CNBC obviously Rich this one's near to my heart being back in the Motor City uh General Motors whose headquarters is here GM strike costing up to 100 million dollars a day isn't worrying investors at least not yet the piece says uh Mike writes General Motors stands to lose hundreds of millions of dollars in lost production as United Auto Workers Union's strike against the automaker enters at the time this was written its second day. Uh, but Wall Street isn't panicking or downgrading the automaker just yet. The company has enough cash on hand and its dealers have enough vehicle in stock to weather the storm without significant problems for at least a week according to financial analyst. After that, investors may become more concerned, potentially having a greater impact on shares of the company. Quote, from a bottom-line standpoint, the impact could potentially be nominal if the strikes resolve quickly. Yet, the longer it lasts, the more it will be felt in GM's earning profile, wrote Credit Suisse's
1: Dan Levy in a note Monday. Interesting you said it that way, because I'm like Credit (laughs) Suisse. Bond (laughs) rate... Bond ratings company Moody's Investors Services, which called the strike a credit negative for the company, agreed, quote, beyond the initial one to two weeks, the financial burden of a strike will become more material and the prospects of a contract that avoids erosion of the company's current competitive position is less likely, end quote. Analysts estimate GM is losing roughly $50 to to $100 million per day in production. UBS's Colin Langan. Estimated a prolonged strike would shave roughly 10 cents off GM's earnings per share during the third quarter, specifically from the lost production at its pickup and SUV factories. I'm going to pause there unless I should read on.
0: Yeah, uh, no, uh I'll I'll take it from here, Rich. The GM shares when this was written, we're down by about four percent so far, tumbling since the union announced the strike on Sunday. Shares are relatively unchanged on Tuesday. We're recording this on Wednesday on Facebook in front of a live audience, and uh it was thirty-seven twenty when this was written on Tuesday. On Wednesday is we're recording this uh close to noon central time, eleven thirty. Uh it is it's back up a whole dollar at thirty-eight twenty. But you look at it it 's in this trading range, so you can see rich that investors not that spooked yet um, a company l- l- let 's start there they 're talking about investors and companies going on strike if i 'm a shareholder in an automotive company, do I start thinking about selling my shares because of this, or do I think this you know this is a part of being an auto manufacturer, you have a union that you work with. You knew that, hopefully, when you bought the stock, is this just a cost of doing business, you know, labor disputes?
1: Yeah, I think of it as cycles, and I mean, to directly answer the question, I'm all all about holding for the long term, and that's the thing. So one thing comes up, it's not a time to immediately jump out, and I would hope, like you said, that if someone is investing specifically in this company that they understand the cycles, they understand unions, they understand that things may come up. And I was even sitting there thinking last night, you know, what would I do right now? And to me, it was it's, it's even similar to what you hear people say about the stock market overall, where it's like, you know what? Weather the storm. I mean, maybe you don't jump in and oh, there's a strike going on. So I'm going to buy 30 or 50 or 100 more shares. <laughs> but at the same time, because something bad is happening in the moment, that's not a reason to rush and cash out at that point. And what it may look like in a few days, if this continues, maybe it changes a bit, but I would hope that people who uh, who, have, who invest in these types of industries where there are unions, they understand that strikes may come up, things may happen, but over the long term, that value is going to get back to where it was and increase.
0: That's
1: interesting that you
0: say that, because I hadn't thought about that, but w- when I buy stocks, I obviously, which I think everybody should, I have a methodology about how I buy, so I think of it. That, well, <laughs> I go through a lot of the fundamental and Analysis. There's two different things you can look at. One is fundamental analysis, and that is looking at the numbers for the company, the heartbeat of the company. So what? It, how much debt does the company have? What's revenue look like? Is the debt increasing over last quarter, last year, the last five years? Like, Are they getting into a worse situation? How much cash do they have on hand? This idea of free cash flow is pretty important to me. Also, the stock, uh, um, uh, uh, the number of shares that the company owns versus outside investors. So can they do buyback programs? Those are some things. So you get a heartbeat of the company, but there's also technical analysis. And when you talk about a downturn, you know, and this definitely isn't a buy recommendation on GM. I mean, do do your homework. But if you've got a company and they're going through something you think is going to be a short term blip, it might be a good time. I remember one time I picked up shares of Eli Lilly. I was really interested in the company, and they had a short-term thing that happened with uh, with the uh, FDA, and the FDA denied uh, yeah, a drug, and they had to go back to the drawing board. And the stock went totally in the toilet. Well, Eli Lilly doesn't have just one drug; they've tons of different things. So I use that as an opportunity, as an opportunity to buy.
1: Yeah. I mean that makes a lot of sense to me, and I think for people who are watching this from the outside, and I also wonder how closely people are paying attention to something like this. I mean, it's so GM is very close to you, sure, and uh, people who are who are probably in Michigan, and I'm sure the most avid of stock buyers and purchasers. But I've also wondered. how closely people pay attention to stuff like this because there's so much happening in the news cycle. And, and this is something I didn't actually even know this was happening until you sent me the article, to be honest.
0: Yeah. 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 No, there's, and I thought about that too. If I was still living in Texarkana, would I even, would I even have the feeling about this that, you know, that I have now? I want to look at, I want to look at the other side, which is there's a lot of people that work for this company, right? All of a sudden, I am no longer on the job today. I am, I am out on the street with a, with a picket sign, uh, and, and my paycheck is now in jeopardy. Um, th- this becomes a, a big issue for people. When you take a look at the, the average person out there, Rich, who was working last week, who isn't working this week, what do those people do?
1: Mm. Ooh, that is a yeah that's a tough one especially if uh like uh, like so many folks in the great u.s they're living paycheck to paycheck so having a week off or uh and i've always wondered that about these these protests don't oh, protests. these strikes like how that actually imp- impacts the paycheck but it it's almost like you've like you gotta pinch pennies, you gotta cut back, you gotta scale back. Unless you're the proactive person, you've you've paid all your bills for the month on the first and you've got all the groceries and everything else that you need, you're probably in a tough situation where you're figuring out and probably getting a little bit anxious about where the money's gonna come from to get you through the second half of the month or the rest of the month. Which yeah. is oof ooh, that is stressful. Just thinking about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, and and when I, when I think about this, I also, I think this is a good time to start thinking about, I mean, it probably is too late to do anything now besides pinch pennies, right? I mean, pinching pennies is probably the thing that you have to do making your cash reserve last as long as possible. But I think it's also about this danger. Um, There is a real estate expert, uh, Robert Allen, said this and i totally agree he said that a lot of people work for other people because they see security and he said a lot of people in their life there's two doors in life there's the security door of working for somebody else or the opportunity door of working for yourself and the person that opens the security door gets neither meaning That the second that I go work for somebody else, somebody else is in charge. And I know we're doing this live in front of a Facebook audience, and Donna's here. She said, maybe how a company treats its employees should be considered union or not. And certainly, how companies treat employees may change over time. And you might have a good boss today, and you have a horrible boss tomorrow. So having a different income stream, having two different income streams, even if things are good today, I think is 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 something to at least start thinking about. Like what else can I do with my time to bring in money in a different way?
1: Yeah. And that's been even a hot topic. Now I am not in this industry and I do think how companies run in the culture, some of that is driven by the industry. So I'm in Silicon Valley where there's free breakfasts and lunches and there's random automobiles that don't look like normal cars and all of this other stuff, which is a bubble in itself. But I think for just the idea of, you know, being able to save and and the idea of being able to have these these other opportunities that there's um, really, yeah, I'm going straight down a rabbit hole. So I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) pause. No, but I really, I really know where you're headed.
0: And I think it's, I think it is important to look at the bigger picture and not just this one instance, you know, and, and and by the way, and if you're not somebody working at general motors, who's on strike, this is a cautionary tale. And you talk about people not paying attention. I think paying attention to this and thinking, wow, what about, what, what would, what would I do if I'm in this situation? And then there's one other way I like to look at this rich, which is this it's, this idea that companies have credit ratings and they're talking about how this is a credit rating negative situation. Like that quote to me, this is a credit rating negative. I think a lot of times we're like, well, you know what I deserve, I deserve a break. So I'm going to put this on my credit card.
1: Oh yeah.
0: I don't have any money, but I'm going to put it on my credit card. That is a credit rating negative situation. You're creating for yourself when you do that.
1: And I think I think we talked about that on a past episode where some people like you get to a point you're so stressed out or you've been working so hard. And people have this feeling of, you know what, I'm going to do something nice for me. And they don't do it with cash. They do it with their credit card. And they're like, you know what, everything else is going horribly. Let me just do this one thing. Let me just have this one experience. And that one thing then becomes 20 things, especially if it's a situation like this where it's stressful, it's drawn out. You don't, maybe you don't have the income. You're telling yourself that you're going to take care of it when work does resume. Let's say that that takes two, three weeks, a month, or whatever else. And now you, you find yourself in significantly more debt. And by the chance, and by the time you do actually get paid, you have this much bigger bill and you're not able to pay your balance off in full. And next thing you know, you're accumulating interest. And then next thing you know, you're thousands of dollars in debt. And it, it happens so quickly and so easily. Yeah, yeah, it's this, it's this out of control snowball before you even know it's there. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I think it's happened to a lot of us in different capacities. I mean, I haven't had the, the the UAW GM experience, but I've had the same thing. It was like, you know what? Like, you know, I'm just going to put this one meal on here, and you know, I'll pay it off. And the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I've got um, ten thousand dollars on this card. Uh, I'm gonna have to pay this off on some point. At some point, oh, there goes my bonus for next year already. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, and and now you're betting future earnings, and then the mufflers dragging behind the car, and you can't spend that money that the bonus would have gone toward. You know, I mean, you can't. And next thing you know, you're living off next year and two years away, and and uh, yeah. then you're in a debt repayment program, listening to Dave Ramsey nonstop just to get yourself out of debt, hoping <laughs> yeah. to, hoping to do the yell on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I won't talk to you about. uh I guess I'm already talking about it. My old car, which I called Altima Jones, so I had a 2002 Nissan Altima. Altima. <laughs> and it was, a few years ago it got to a point with the car where like stuff just literally started falling off like the like the steering wheel was looser and i remember being on the highway and part of like the wheel something around the wheel had like flew off and i didn't know it and people were speeding to get away from me oh man and, and it wasn't until i stopped and looked and realized that like the car was literally falling apart people were trying <laughs> to not die so might be, might be time. You're saying, it, yes. It it so it was time. I have since moved on, but yeah, you triggered a thought, and that experience of being on the highway and literally seeing parts of my car flying away was, yeah, it's it was time to move on.
0: <laughs> I like that three different points of view there: um, from the investor point of view, from the worker point of view, the cautionary tale point of view, uh, and and really also the uh, the. Um, uh credit the the credit rating point of view like what's the what is the long-term effect of a company and its workforce being on the being on the outs and there's a lot and, and Donna has a great point here that I think we'll cap it off with she says the importance of emergency funds right now can't be underestimated. Totally, totally agree, Donna. In just a second, Rich and I both are going to have our takeaways from today's show. But today's show is brought to you by M1 Finance. I really like M1 Finance because of the fact that it is a uh, pie-based investment brokerage account. Meaning that instead of investing in one thing, you're investing like an investor. So instead of going into one company... Uh, like GM, as an example, going into a bunch of different companies and then keeping those properly allocated. You can find out a lot more about it and help the podcast if you use our link by going to M1, the number one finance, uh, using our link, which is stackybenjamins.com forward slash M1 finance. Thanks to everybody who's done that. and That helps the show, helps us keep podcasting. So Rich, what's your, what's your biggest takeaway from this piece?
1: as i'm sitting here i keep thinking whether the storm and i think about investing in stock and i mean even just life in general honestly and when you get into something there's going there are going to be difficult times challenging times things that come up but because something comes up that doesn't mean that you automatically need to escape and as we know with uh, stocks and investing it's all about the long term. So I think for me, it's like it's yeah, I've just throughout this whole conversation. I just keep thinking weather the storm. Don't don't immediately jump when things, you know, take a a downturn. Don't immediately jump when you read something on the news. Think about what your long term goal is and kind of have that vision and picture in mind, which could be helpful for getting through a difficult situation like this or you you see something and you want to pull your money out and you think about what you ultimately want down the road. That could be the mindset that you need to Keep you invested, whether in life or yeah. in stocks, and moving forward
0: uh, mine mine is similar and it 's something that 's helped me during my my career, my life, and that is you know to most people listening watching this, this may not directly affect you, but I love this idea of a case analysis because we broke this down from three different places. And I love just going into any company and thinking, how how would this apply to my life? Like, what can I take that either this this company's doing well or this company's messing up. Maybe in this case, that's what's going on, right? (laughs) This company's messing up or, or, uh, uh, what can I take from, you know, in like, what's the investment lesson here? What's the debt lesson here? And by using these case analyses, we only have so many things that directly affect us, um, during our lifetime. But if I can take these things that haven't affected me, but have affected people and companies around me, and do kind of the scenario of what does this mean to me, I can get a lot more life experiences much more quickly. And then when things do happen to me, I've got a much better palette to paint from than uh, if I just wait for it to directly affect me and go, man, I wish I would have paid attention earlier. So that's, that's kind of my big takeaway. Case analysis. I, I absolutely love case studies, fun stuff. I like it.
1: It's fun like it. stuff. Nicely done good sir
0: Well, thank you. You too, man. Well, tell everybody what's going on at Paychecks and Balances, and we'll call this a day.
1: Yes. So uh, this week on the podcast, we're talking real estate with Dustin Heiner, and it's a topic that we've had listeners ask about, and we haven't talked about extensively. Extensively because neither of us are real estate experts, but super excited about that conversation and, and getting feedback on, on that show. And then next week, we may be talking about the same topic, but we shall see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's I mean, we're uh, yeah, we're in this spot where we're trying to get like several episodes ahead, but it's ending up where we're recording literally the week before. But hopefully after next weekend, we're going to be uh, three to four episodes ahead. And I'll actually be able to say more about what we're doing long term because we're actually ahead on our schedule.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out with us again. And we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see all of you tomorrow back here at Money with Friends. Bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright
1: 2019. Our engineer is Caden Thompson. And for a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com.
0: You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with a real episode of Money with Friends.